Why are there few things more obnoxious than washing dishes and folding laundry? I know that's a pretty uh, common topic, but like I have no problem. Like my house is clean. It's always clean. I have no problem cleaning, but when it comes to <laughs> just doing dishes and uh, folding clean laundry, what is that? Why is it so awful? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I put it off for fucking ever. It's ridiculous. That's like the only extravagant thing. I'm not, I don't care about like extravagant things, but for me, like the only real extravagant things um, I'll do when I'm able is uh, a cleaning person and then who, who will do dishes and uh, fold laundry and then a uh, like someone to come in and cook for the week. I guess just like a meal prep service, you could do that too. But like I like years back when I was in finance, I had a cleaning person and it was amazing. I would just come home and the house would be not just clean, but like spotless and sterile. And she would, she would take care of the dishes and she would also, she would actually wash and fold clothes. I don't mind the washing, but the folding I do, um, but it was amazing. And just like most people, you're super uncomfortable around that person. It was a woman. Uh, so like sometimes either she would show up late or if like a meeting would get canceled and I'd come home early or something like that, or I'd wrap up early or something and I'd go up to the door and I would hear like the vacuum cleaner going. And then I just like leave, go sit in my car or walk around the block or go to the store. You're so uncomfortable around them. Um, because you know, when somebody's working to just sit there, it feels so awkward, especially like they're doing stuff that you could do. There's something really weird about that. I don't understand how somebody can like sit in front of like at, at your couch with your feet on the coffee table and just kind of like watch somebody do the work that you could f do in that moment, but you're just sitting. It's bananas. But as soon as I'm able to again, yeah, a, a cleaning person, a cleaning woman. Is, there, is that a derogatory term? Do they have derogatory terms for cleaning people? What do you, I mean... I don't know. Every term is so different now. You can't say a lot of things. Well, you can. But anyway, yeah, cleaning person. I hate doing dishes. I like I just cleaned my house and I didn't do the handful of dishes in my sink or fold <laughs> the clean clothes on my bed. So it's like I'll have to do that after I pick up my son and he's napping. Then I'll do that. That's when I used to do all my workouts as well. Now it's kind of scattered. But like I used to do all my workouts, started from when he was born, like, you know, a baby, they're really demanding. Um, so the second he would go to sleep, I would do my workout, like it was the only time I had. And it'd be, you know, 45 minutes or an hour, whatever I could get in. And sometimes I would bring like his, if he was in a stroller or a bassinet at the time, I'd bring his stroller next to me so I could work out like that. But I have to work out really quiet, which is challenging. Um... But then when he got a little older, then I could like keep him a little further away and then eventually in his room, which is how I do it now. So he'll come home, he'll take his nap for about two hours and uh, and that's when I'll do my workout. And today, what is today? Wednesday, so it's a kettlebell workout, so it's a hard workout today. Um, yeah, which is challenging. I get so tired 
you know, I'm like a, I'm a real present father. I work really hard to be present. So the, the second he's, uh, asleep, it's like my whole body and my brain, but even like in my body physically, I feel it wants to just shut down and, and rest as well. But I don't have, you know, if I wait to night when he's sleeping, then I just, I have nothing left. Uh, and I used to do it like that too. I would push through it, but now I just, I don't have the energy to push through it at night. I, just, I want to relax. So I try to get the workout done while he's napping or early, early, early in the morning. But I have clients like Monday, Tuesday, I have clients um, early. I, you know, I leave the house at 7 a.m. and I'm actually starting a new client even earlier. So I'm gonna have to leave the house at like 5, 15. So we'll see what happens there, but I have to adjust my schedule again. Um, yeah, but it's good. You know, I'm back on working out if, as you've known. If you've been listening for a while, I've been falling off of my normal routine, but uh, it's it's better again. So yeah, I don't know. I met, <laughs> not met. I was speaking with some people yesterday and one of them was a, saying that he doesn't buy or doesn't believe in climate change, which is weird. I don't know if I've, at least not recently, met someone who doesn't believe in that because it's not something to believe or not believe in. It's, a, it's just a fact. It's, it was bizarre. So, you know, telling him like, well, you know, every scientist in the world is on the same page about this, that this is man-made, this isn't natural evolution of climate, which does change over millions of years. Um, but that this is, you know, for sure man-made, and we have NASA saying 12 years, um, where after that point, we won't be able to change any of this. We can't stop it. Um, but there are some really simple changes. But anyway, so he, he was saying that he doesn't buy it. He was like, yeah, you know, scientists used to say cigarettes were good for you. And I had to stop, stop. Nobody has ever said cigarettes are good for you. There was a time where, you know, medicine and science didn't know how bad they were for you. But there's never been a point in time where they're like, yeah, smoke up. It's awesome. They're just, you know, we're ignorant to the the damage it was doing and the consequences of it. But uh, yeah, there's never been a time where people said cigarettes are good for you. Well, anyway, there are some really, I've been trying to be more active or proactive uh, with how I'm doing with it. You know, and it's hard. Like I, I drive all the time. So, you know, at some point, uh, an electric car is where I'm heading. But, you know, for emergencies and things like that, I'd still want you know, a gas powered car, but at least significantly cutting down on how much, um, you know, car pollutants I'm putting in the air. And just, you think like, you know, the emissions from your car are bad and there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of cars, but also, you know, like things like brake dust and, uh, the rubber from your tires and oil and, you know, the, wear on the roads that have to be redone. So it's, it's all contributing and it's, it's bad. It's real bad. But there are some really simple things I've been trying to, uh, at least with my clients, like get them on board. Very simple, simple changes you can make, like uh, switching to glass 
wear for storage instead of plastic, um, making sure you're recycling. These are really simple changes. Like I, I have, um, I'll just show you. glass these are all glass storage containers that i use to store food and do like meal prep and stuff very simple you know it's all bpa free and chemical this and that but you know obviously the top is still plastic but seriously it cuts down so much um and you know you're not it's healthier in that you're not leaching plastic and whatever chemicals into your food but you know all shapes and sizes and and you think like the plastic will degrade over time so you're going to have to replace it. And the glass is not going to do that. Um, the plastic tops maybe, but it's significantly cheaper. Uh, and, you know, if you it, the, the difference in price or cost is not that much over time. You know, a few dollars difference over time. But a, a large impact on uh, the environment and, and your, you know, impact or footprint. The other thing I've been doing is um, I bought these uh, cotton and... Uh, cotton vegetable and, and fruit bags for when I go grocery shopping. So instead of using those plastic bags that they have there to put fruit and vegetables in, I just have these and they're reusable and washable. Um, so it's, and you can go and like, before you start shopping, uh, you can just have them weigh them. So you're not adding that cost to the, to your, um, to your final cost after you get the fruit so they, you know the plastic bags don't really weigh anything but the and these aren't heavy but they do weigh something so you can actually have them subtract that and uh do it like that too but they've been great so instead of every week or depending maybe you're shopping a couple times a week going and, and doing that um you just use these and plus you know the reusable bags as well are really good just for, for everything i mean that cuts down it's a very simple change i i, I want to say these were there's a bunch of them, you know, different sizes, one, two, three. There's, so there's two medium, two small, and two large. So six bags, I want to say it was like $16 on Amazon from uh, allcottonandlinen.com. Um, I'll put a link in the description on YouTube. Um, so that's a really easy change you can make. And uh, I know it's so easy to go like, ah, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, but you know, we're kind of facing a real, like a legitimate crisis and, uh, it's a, some very simple step. This is not putting you out, but even if it were putting you out, you should, <laughs> you should do that too. It's not, um, you know, it's, it's our job to kind of help a little bit. We've done a lot of damage and not that it's been intentional, but it's still the reality. So, uh, these cotton bags, glassware i've been doing um i ordered some reusable straws i don't use straws a lot but sometimes uh with my son he likes to so we'll do that um so the other you know stainless steel and you can get them with like a little bpa free silicone uh tip oh where's that other thing These actually just showed up today. 
Uh, and these are silicone bags. Stupid chair. Uh, these are silicone bags instead of using like plastic Ziploc bags, um, which I don't do a ton of. But you know, if I go out, I know I say the term. I noticed on my last podcast that the term "my son" comes up a lot. Um, but anyway, like when we go out and I bring snacks for him, you know, I would previously use because you know, traveling with glassware isn't awesome um so i would use ziploc bags but then i recently discovered these reusable silicone bags which i'm just opening now and uh because they came today and let's check these out so sorry for all the crinkling sound So let's see what we got going on. Okay. So there's like a little scrubber to clean it, I'm guessing. Um, yep. A little sponge. And that's also made of silicone. And they're pretty, they're super thick. But, um, so I guess this is like a sealer. So yeah. So I'll, I'll obviously wash these first. These haven't been opened, so they're super stuck together um so anyway and I, th I think you can even use like put liquids in these if you make a sauce or whatnot um i'll put a link to these in the description below too but so silicone bags and then close it and then i'm guessing you just slide this little plastic business on the top and then it's closed and as i understand it they're um completely leak free and again it's you know no um bpa or chemical and leaching and all that and uh yeah so it's food grade silicone it's you can boil them you can freeze them put them in the microwave dishwasher and and you know ziploc bags are expensive so i want to say these were like 15 or 16 bucks too and uh there's how many bags one two three four Five, six. So two big ones, two mediums, and two smalls. Shocking. Um, you know, and it's an easy change to make. So one, you're cutting down a big amount of cost from having to buy Ziploc bags all the time, especially if you have kids. Um, and you can, you know, sending them to lunch or sending them to school with lunch and things like that is going to uh, just a ton of plastic waste. So this is just way easier, um, way more beneficial. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to use it. Oh, look, they gave me a little magnet. When life gives you lemons, you make gin and tonic. Oh, that's good. <laughs> what a weird... Anyway, so there's some helpful things. So I'll put links to the glassware, the, uh, the straws I ordered that haven't arrived yet, these cotton bags that I've been using, and these silicone bags. I'll, I'll put links to all that in the description. Um, but they really are just super small changes that we can make to make an effort, um, you know, just to, to be better, to, I'm going to have to edit that out, um, to do more, to do our part to help the environment, which is severely fucked up. And then, you know, I don't know if you know, but, you know, our trash just floats in the ocean. 
and just has massive landfills on earth, on ground, land. I don't know if you've ever seen those pictures or videos. I'll put some up, but it's horrific. It, I mean, like cities of garbage. You know, we don't really know what to do with it. I just read something yesterday that was saying that science has had some kind of breakthrough about how to reuse plastic to actually get rid of trash, like use it in a, in a way for, to convert it to energy or something like that. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't have time to read the article. I just saw the headline, but it's bookmarked for me to read later. So, but, you know, but that shouldn't make you think like, oh, well then fuck it. I can just keep doing, you know, what I've been doing and, and create all this waste. We we should make the effort. Um, you know, reusable bags when you're grocery shopping, reusable bags for your uh, food storage, glassware, you know, plastic or... Uh, reusable straws I don't know if you've ever seen those videos of you know pulling straws out of sea creatures it's horrific and like there was something I just saw recently like of a whale or something like vomiting up just it was a ridiculous like 30 pounds of plastic bags um you know it's not okay just because we don't see these animals or around them you know they're they're suffering at our expense of what we're doing for convenience and it's such a small change to not have that convenience just to use this reusable stuff which is in the long run easier would make a huge impact for them and uh, and for us as well so it, I, I'm sorry for the well, I'm not sorry um, but I know people have a real problem being asked to make a change so you know, whatever, take it how you will, but it's a good change to make. You should be doing that. It's a small thing we can do that has a big impact. So anyway, do that. Um, 12 years is not a very long time and it's probably less than that, you know, and we can't just leave it up to lawmakers to, there's very simple changes we can make. You know, don't sit in your car with the air conditioner running. Don't, uh, I see people doing that, like even when I drop my son off at school, they'll be like cars. It's like, it takes five minutes to go in and out and they'll just leave their car running. Like they can't be bothered to turn it off. They'll just leave it running in the morning. Um, and sometimes they're in there for a long time. They end up staying there for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, talking to other teachers or talking to their kid. Um, it's like you're not even in the car and you're just letting your, it's just a pollution machine with no purpose anymore. You know, don't run your air conditioner all the time. Don't run your heater all the time. You know, put on a sweater, or take off layers. These are really simple changes we can make. But anyway, so it, if you're hearing that and uh, you can take an, a chance to make a little change, click some of the links in the description and just, it's a small effort. It really is. Um, yeah, you know, we all need to do something. I don't like to say our part. But just we all need to do something to help because we're in need of help. Um, yeah, that stuff is scary. It's fucking scary to think about what the world could be like in 10 years. And it's not science fiction. It's I mean, it's happening. We, we're heading there. So thank the universe that there's like some pockets of the world that are changing. And there's like cities in Europe who have converted to all solar and wind powered 
energy. And I think Costa Rica, like all of 2018 was completely solar powered or parts of something like that. Or maybe it was, was Costa Rica. I think it was. So there's a lot of great things happening and kids are making, you know, kids, I'm saying like people under 30 are making amazing strides to make changes. Um, but that's running parallel to a lot of destruction and, and just like, you know, negative thoughts versus positive thoughts, the negative impact of things has a greater reach and a greater spread and it lasts longer than positive things. So, uh, but you know, at least there are some efforts being made significant ones and we can all be a little bit a part of that. When you think about, you know, what side of history do you want to be on? Do you want to really say that you did nothing? You didn't even try to make an effort to make the world better or safer or healthier, especially if you have kids. Jesus, if you have fucking kids, like I'm concerned about the world my son will grow up in just because of people, you know, because people are nuts and addicted to social media and there's this constant need for attention and, and to present and to let everybody know, you know, as I say this as I'm doing a podcast, um, but Aside from that, you take out just the human element and then there's just the environmental element. Like perhaps there'll be places of the world where it aren't even habitable anymore and he'll have to run from, you know, terrors. I don't want, I don't want to say I didn't try to make an effort. Like what about your loved ones, your family, or you, you, you know, what about you? Don't you deserve a happier, cleaner, healthier world. You know, this person I was talking to the other day, or yesterday, that was saying that he didn't buy into the fucking science of climate change and global warming was also previously saying that, uh, you know, how horrific it is that people in the housing market will like jack up prices and kick 102-year-old ladies out of their homes and, you know, all these horrible things. So it's like, yeah, that's also terrible, but you can't be on board with one aspect of wellness and say, fuck it for another part. Um, you know, it, it comes as a package. It's all together. So it, these are really small changes we can make to make a big impact. Also, you know, like buying from local farms if you can, or at least organic and reducing the amount of chemicals we're putting in our body and into the air because obviously when those foods or uh, plants or fruits and vegetables are being sprayed with chemicals that goes into the air as well you know it's this massive complex that we need to kind of get a hold of and there's some easy changes you can make um, so anyway something to think about I hope I've been watching um, Doom Patrol Oh, so I recently watched the Swamp Thing pilot. It's on the DC streaming service. I was a friend of mine was able to give me a copy um, to watch it of their account so I could watch it or a password rather. Um, the Swamp Thing, it was okay. It was a pilot, so it's tough. You know, pilots are usually kind of rough um, and not a good representation of what the show will be in a few episodes, you know, oftentimes they'll change dramatically. And it was good. Like the thing I liked about it was it was a horror show. You know, Swamp Thing is a horror comic. Swamp Thing's my second favorite. He's in my top five of comic characters. So there were things I like about it, but it, it was a little cheesy or melodramatic. There was like a reality missing from it. 
And uh, I don't know. I, I'm on the fence. I don't think it was great. I don't think it was terrible, but I'm on the fence. And it did have a problem. Like it's really shiny and pretty looking, which I don't like in general, but especially not for a horror show. It shouldn't be like that. But there was some like some bad dialogue and some odd acting. And but I'm I'm hope hopeful that it'll course correct. Dogs making sounds. Um, but because of that, I was also able to watch the Doom Patrol. And I'm like five or six episodes in, and it's awesome. It's great. I love it. Um, it's like what Umbrella Academy wanted to do or wanted to be in tone and approach and effect, but they just they didn't hit that mark. But the Doom Patrol is doing that. If you're unfamiliar, Doom Patrol is kind of like, well, it's a long, I've only recently started, or I have a stack of Doom Patrol books to read a digital stack of Doom Patrol books to read, but I haven't started yet. But it's like, it was a series started a long time ago and then it kind of got rebooted in the 80s, late 80s from uh, Grant Morrison. But essentially it's like a very, at least from the reboot, tongue-in-cheek, self-aware, breaking the fourth wall, kind of talking shit about superheroes. So the show carries on with that, um, but there's great acting. The guy who plays Cyborg isn't great. He's getting better. But like the first couple episodes he's in, he stands out. But um, it's not about superheroes. I mean, they're superheroes, but it's it's like about people coping and, you know, they're all trauma victims. Um, so it, it's really good. It looks great. You know, it's not super pretty and shiny, which is awesome. The music is fantastic. Uh, Brendan Fraser, he plays a robot guy. Robot man? Robot guy? I think it's robot guy. Uh, and he's awesome. And it's great to see him working too. The guy had a rough run. So it's really cool to see him there. Um, the woman, what's her name? From uh, Orange is the New Black. Um, what was her name? Uh, she's great. She plays Jane. Um and she's awesome. So Jane is a character who has like 64 personalities inside her. So she's often going back and forth between various people. Um, Diane Guerrero. Fuck. She's amazing. And so, so pretty. Uh, but just like, you know, she was really, I, I stopped watching Orange is the New Black, like after the third season. Or I just, it got dumb for me, but she was always great. And she's great in this too. Um, so she's awesome. And uh, who else is it? Um, like I said, Brendan Fraser, Timothy Dalton, who's great. Um, Larry Trainer, Matt Bomer. Who's that? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the bandage wrap guy. Um, it, it's great. I, I highly recommend it. It's really fun. I'm only like halfway through or halfway in rather, but I highly recommend it. It's a good watch and it's fun and it's, you know, and it's weird and quirky and, you know, cheesy in the right ways and uh, not in the right ways. So I recommend that. Um, it's super good and fun. And I'm I always like, I want to watch more. I'm looking forward to watching more. So there's that. Um, if you're looking for something to watch, everybody and their mother has been telling, and my mother has been telling me to watch Killing Eve so I'll eventually get around to it. Um, but yeah, 
Other than that, I don't know. Um, selling a couple of guitars. I've been selling like old gear that I don't use. It's just sitting around taking up space. And I am one of those, like, I don't believe in collecting instruments that you're not playing. One or two sentimental pieces that you keep around, I get. But for the most part, like people who have like hundreds of guitars, I think are garbage people or hundreds of whatever violins or pianos or whatever. Like those instruments are designed to be in the hands of people who will make music with them because that's the deal. If you have a creative gift or talent, your duty is to give that away. It's not for you. It's for everyone else. It's it's your outlet, but that outlet is for other people to benefit from, to learn from, to grow from, to identify with. That's that's the deal. If you have whatever it is that puts well, I think we're all capable of great creative things. But whatever you know, some people pursue it, some people don't, some people are, you know, have it beaten out of them at an early age. Whatever. But it, it whatever it is, if you have access to whatever that creative dimension is whatever the thing is that you can tap into if you have access to it uh it's your job it's it's your burden to give that away to it's not yours to hold on to so if you instruments for musicians are the tool to do that so if you're hoarding instruments you're denying other people that chance who could be using those instruments um you know, you're only going to use a few at a time. Let's be generous and say 10. You have 10 guitars. You're only, I mean, I, I mean, I have, I've sold a few, but I think I'm down to like eight, but I had like 15. I've sold a bunch recently. Um, you know, and it's like, I have the couple left that I'm selling. They're cool. I like them, but I'm not playing them. I don't, they don't resonate really with me um anymore i've grown away from them so it's like they, they deserve to be in the hands of people who will make music with them you know it could be someone just starting out i sold uh this bass i had to someone who was just learning bass it's like i have another bass that i use for recording um and i wasn't using this other one it's just sitting around so it's like that deserves to be in the hands of somebody who will use it and it could it could change that person's life like music changed my life. You know, if you're a artist and you paint or draw, you know, I, I get the argument like not selling, but like donate your work, put it somewhere, you know, or teach kids how to do Give it back in some way. If you have a, you know, a tremendous amount of musical instruments just sitting around, donate them to a school if you don't want to sell them or, or sell them and donate that money to a school, you know, if it doesn't, if the money isn't important to you, but do something, um, it, you, you need to put it, I feel that way about teaching as well, like as a, in martial arts, you encounter it a lot of people who for years, 20 years, they've been a martial arts teacher, or a martial artist rather, not a teacher, and they'll go to everybody's seminar, they'll take every class, they're getting, they're just hoarding all this information and doing nothing with it. They're not teaching. And maybe they're shit teachers. Well, everybody's a shit teacher when you, when they start varying degrees of shit. But, you know, what are you doing with all this information? What is it for? How selfish can you be? You went to a place, whether it's a school or a seminar where people are giving this information away. You pay for it. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But they're sharing that information. 
And then you are then taking this thing that was shared and locking it away in a cupboard. So it's super selfish and weak and, and you shouldn't do that. So, um, yeah, if you're one of those people who've just been learning, I've learned from every dance teacher or I've learned from every martial artist or I've learned from every painter or I've learned every musician. And then you don't do anything with it. You don't put out music. You don't, uh, whatever, make YouTube videos teaching. You don't teach somebody that you know or as a professional, whatever. If you do nothing with it, then it, it was a waste to give to you. You know, forget about like, oh, well, you're personally enjoying it. That's fine. But it has to go somewhere else, too. That's the deal. You don't hang on to that shit. It's it can you still benefit from it. You still use it. But you need to give the same thing that chance and benefit that was given to you. You have to give that to somebody else as well. Um, it's not for you. You got to do something with it. So that's par part of the reason where previously I hadn't really sold a lot of I've, I've sold gear in the past. Uh, for money, like I needed or wanted money to buy this or that. But now it's like these guitars that I've sold and then the couple left that I am selling, it's, I, I'm just not playing them. You know, they deserve to be played. They're cool. You want to see them? Here, I'll show you the two I have left to sell. Um, so first is this uh, Ibanez. Um, what is it? Like a... RG470, I think, something like that. Um, it's a good guitar. I, I beat the shit out of it for a number of years. I mean, it still plays great, but like it has some dings and um, road wear, as they say. But uh, it's a great guitar. I just never play it, and it doesn't resonate with me anymore. The guitars that, you know, I use and have been writing and recording with are, you know, these Les Pauls I have here, and those are what I feel more comfortable with, but this is a great guitar. It deserves to be played and I'm not really, I fuck with it now and then. It just doesn't turn me on anymore. It did for a while and it just doesn't anymore. And it's got a ton of life left into it, um, left in it. So it deserves to be played. So this is one, this Ibanez. Um, and the other one is this Dan Electro, which... I've only, this Dan Electro, which I've only recently decided to sell because I actually love this guitar. Um, it's a double neck, so it's a baritone on top and a six string down below. And it's fucking rad. I still go back and forth whether or not I'm actually going to sell it, but I think I am. Um, you know, if one day I want to get another baritone guitar, great. I can do it then. But it's a cool guitar and it deserves to be played and I'm not really playing it. Um, the stuff I'm writing now, I'm not using it. So, you know, there it is. It's a great guitar. Um, super funky and cool. You can, I think the wiring has changed. You can, I forgot how it's wired now. I think it's like, you know, volume and tone for both. And then this will switch between the baritone or the six, or both, and then this switches between the neck or rhythm, or uh, neck or bridge rather, on either. So you can get a lot of sounds out of it. It's awesome. It plays great. It sounds rad. Um, it's got kind of like a strat-ish neck where it's you know it's like rounded C shape. It's a great guitar. So anyway, I'm selling some guitars because you know they should be played by people making cool music. 
with them and uh, I'm just not using them. So yeah. So if you have shit, don't, don't hoard it. Get rid of it. Sell it, donate it. I do, I do the same thing with clothes. Like, you know, every year I'll put together a few bags of clothes that I don't wear anymore and I'll just donate them, give them away. People need that stuff. So that's another way to give back and also cut down on waste and you're doing a good thing. You're helping people. There are people who can't afford stuff or, you know, donate to a shelter or a children's uh, hospital or orphanage or, you know, there's so many easy ways to give back. I think, was it last episode? No, two episodes ago, I said something about like the three... Um, pillars of wellness or health and fitness or something. I hate that term wellness, but uh, of health and fitness. And so I, I thought about it a little more and it's not three, it's more like five. So, you know, for like a well-rounded, healthy life and, and there's five major things that I, in my experience have been the biggest factors. Um, and it's, Nutrition, some sort of healthy diet, exercise, some sort of healthy daily exercise routine, therapy. So you're dealing with your body, sorry, your, uh, yeah, your body and then your mind with those three. Some sort of creative pursuit. It doesn't, you know, if, if you're a math person or you like numbers, then something there you have to. There has to be something where you're constantly not only uh, learning something, but failing at something and, and growing and putting something out. So it's like if it's a creative endeavor, if you paint or you write or you build things or you dance or you do martial arts or you make music, you need to have some sort of creative pursuit and, and process. But if, you're, if like the arts don't appeal to you, then... If it's science or something like that, then, you know, some sort of learning process, you know, in the arts, you're constantly learning and failing. I mean, if you're if you're really doing it. Um, so some sort of endeavors, a creative outlet and then uh, service of some sort, giving back in some way that could mean going somewhere and, you know, donating your time and doing some sort of work, whether it's, you know, building a thing or being in line at a soup kitchen or spending time with elderly and uh, old folks homes <laughs> I don't know a better word to say it uh, or going to children's hospitals and hanging out with them whatever it is some sort of service or it can be as simple or you know cleaning up a beach it can be as simple as donating clothes giving away instruments there is something so fulfilling about a selfless, relatively selfless act. You feel good, so it's not entirely selfless. But a relatively selfless act where you're not benefiting it, benefiting from it financially, you're just doing it to help. It, it serves no other purpose than to help someone else. It doesn't help you uh, directly. It, it's There's a feeling which helps you and makes you better. So those are the five things. You know, eat well, move your body, talk to somebody, create something, and give back. Those, in my experience, those five things, especially if you're 
a person with depression and anxiety, um, it's, it's even more necessary that you do those things because a big, the, you know, part of the feeling of depression is hopelessness. You don't matter, you know, you're not worth anything. Well, all those pursuits directly counter or directly uh, push against that feeling of that you don't matter. You know, when you eat well, the, the chemicals in your brain change, the chemicals in your body change. Um, so that will immediately help. When you exercise, again, the chemicals in your brain change, chemicals in your body change, plus your physical appearance changes. And if that's part of the thing that um, is hurting you, you'll benefit from that as well. If when you speak to somebody about what's bothering you or what you're upset about or what you're sad about, who, you know, professional, um, even when, even if nothing else changes, just speaking the words out loud alleviates a tremendous amount of pressure and pain. Now, some, it comes back in other areas because you do have to sit with feelings, but it's something, you're doing something. So that's, a big chunk of it. Now, the creative pursuit, it's an outlet. You're expressing yourself. Most people don't express themselves at all. You just, you know, you go to work, you come home, and that's it. You go out and drink or whatever, but there's no expression. Like, who are you? What are you, what are you about? What, how do you, how are you communicating non-verbally? Or how are you communicating from your gut, like your, your truth? I don't know what a soul is, but if there's a thing, that's it. You know, how are you communicating from your soul? What are you showing? How are you being naked in front of people? And that's what art does. It You're naked in front of people, which is amazing. And then giving back does the same thing too. You, you know, it, it's a, it makes you feel worthwhile that like you, you're helping, you're doing something that's not for you. Um, I don't know exactly how to articulate it, but it's a it's a really powerful feeling. And it's not like you have to do that every day. You can, but you know, once a month, do something for other people. You know, plant some trees, something. It's important. The cool thing about um, exercise, like in therapy, it's very abstract. You're dealing with things that are not clear. You know, the reasons why you're depressed or the reasons why you have anxiety or dealing with trauma is really, really abstract. It's not clear where exactly, in most cases, where it came from or how to process it. You know, our brains are kind of complicated, to say the least. So it can be really challenging and it's easy to feel super lost in therapy. I know I talk about this a lot, but it's important. Um, it's really important. So it can be really challenging because you don't know where you stand and it's scary and it's isolating. However, with exercise, it's very concrete. It's a tangible process where you can see where you're bad at something, what you're weak in, and just keep doing it and then improve. And you can see the improvement as well. That's sometimes, you know, the manifestation physically is I'm losing weight or I'm gaining muscle or I'm gaining strength. You can see it. But the other process is you're, you're constantly dealing with failure and learning how to work through that, how to process it, which in 
you know, couch therapy, you don't see it because it's 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 all internal. So it's very difficult to see it, even though it may very well be happening. It's difficult to see. So it's easy to feel that you're not doing anything. You're not making any progress or you're not working through anything because it's not tangible. It's so abstract. So one of the cool things about exercise is that it'll help you process some of the things that you're doing in therapy that you're unaware of or that you don't know how to practice, whether it's, you know, being more gentle with yourself or pushing yourself or getting out of the house. Like it'll do all those things, uh, a lot of those things rather that you wouldn't necessarily know how to do putting yourself in uncomfortable situations or, you know, sweating. It's so important. So the cool thing about exercise, it's tangible, just like eating right. It's, it's a physical thing. You can see, you can set a, a very simple plan and follow it where as in therapy, there's not a direct line of a plan. You know, you you don't know exactly where you're going and exactly what you're going to do in in whatever direction you're going anyway like your therapist moves with you it's a very it's a much more uh fluid not fluid uh it's a much more windy road where health and uh where your nutrition and fitness routine can be fairly straightforward you're going to course correct along the way but it's a very shallow uh zigzag whereas you know couch therapy can be all over the place and it can even be circular at times so it can be very complicated and, and challenging um, so while whilst doing that to have something very stable and uh, absolute to work with is essential it's vital I mean, putting aside physiologically what's happening to you and the chemical changes in your brain and and your body um, you're able to process things that you're that you're unearthing in therapy you can channel that in to exercise and uh and you know cooking and eating right um that's the other another artistic endeavor cooking people love cooking you can be so creative or or you can if you're really detail oriented and you just want to follow recipes you can do that too you know there's so many but you, i know too many people who just go to work and go home and drink which you know is bad it's bad for you it's bad for your body it's bad for your mind it's bad for your soul and there's just no pursuit it's like you can you can work in an office all day and go home and just put 20 minutes into writing things down on a piece of paper or singing songs or working out or painting a picture whatever it is you can do something playing guitar um it's really important though. So those are my my five tips. And it's like those are things I do, those are things I teach, um, but it doesn't mean it's not a struggle at times. It certainly is. I struggle with it. Um, the cool you know, since my divorce and I've been able to like make music again and, and kind of reconnect with who I am because that, that's like a deep part of me. Um, even though, I've at the same time in the last few years really, really, really struggled with my depression. It's given me a lifeline, um, something to not only hold on to, but to pull myself out with. Um, and like the record's done. Like I was able to channel it into making a thing and now I'm 
just doing like, you know, album artwork now and uh, putting publishing stuff together. Like it, it's it's ready, more or less. I mean, it's it, so it gave me something to to do to put my self into, um, which is a, a really overlooked thing. Is a lot of people aren't putting themselves into anything other than. Uh, a job to pay the bills for the life that you know it's like it's a really like your life shouldn't be eating itself but it feels like so much of us so many of us mo- most of us are living that way where our life is just exists to exist like there's no we don't feel a purpose and I, I don't believe there's I don't feel that there's a point to any of this like I, you know that's a weird that's like trying to imagine nothingness i mean there's it's like a very circular argument but i do believe that our purpose is to find purpose over and over and over again you just keep finding purpose and you teach others to do the same and you encourage others to do the same and you help people do it um i believe that's that's the purpose while while we're here um so i don't know where i was going with that but uh it's a good thing to do, and you should do it. Um, I guess that's it. I'm going to wrap it up. You know, it's weird when I do these. Like, I kind of just black out and start talking, so I don't really know what I've said. <laughs> Some of it I do, of course. But, uh, so I don't know. I, I'm not going to explain or justify whatever. I, I just say what I say. Um but that's a good process to get into. If you feel stuck and uh, bored and or worthless or uninspired, um, you know, making a change is good. You know, and with you know, with the health and nutrition stuff, it can seem really daunting, like really, really, really daunting. Uh, you don't need to be Jack Lalane tomorrow. You know, an easy way to start is just drinking water. So just start by drinking water. You know, drink, you know, eight ounces an hour. It's a very simple way to start. And then I don't believe in restrictive diets. They don't work. Um, In that, and this is pretty well proven too, you know, it's it's unsustainable. And most of the time people do restricted diets, even things like keto. I know it's very popular. Um, you You can't keep it up for long. And it's not terribly good for you either. It's hard on your liver. It's hard on your kidneys. And then mentally, it's exhausting to constantly think about what you can't do, or can't have. So, but the you know bigger things are like, for health, you know, refined sugar is bad for you. So start cutting it out. It's just bad for you. You shouldn't have it. You know, or it should be very rare that you do have it. Um, so drink water. Cut out refined sugar, white sugar, added sugars, um, and you know maybe stay away from fried food. That's an easy place to start, and that. That may already cut down huge. Then you go, okay, so adding stuff. All you want to do is just make sure you have vegetables with every meal. That's it. Some vegetables with every meal. So broccoli not covered in cheese or butter, just steamed or grilled or roasted broccoli or carrots or, you know, cucumbers. or It's very simple. It's not complicated. So that's an easy way to start. That's how I have people start. Um you know, if you, and, and, you know, try not to, you shouldn't be having pasta every meal. It's just bad. For, it's super bad for you. And even with meat, um, 
you can start these are just some options to incorporate you can you know you you don't have to eat meat for every meal it's okay to have just vegetables for a meal you know if you have meat one meal a day that's fine it's actually good for you um it gives your body a break it gives the environment a break too you don't have to be a vegetarian i don't necessarily believe that's great for most people but you know you don't you also don't have to eat meat every meal you can really cut back and that'll have a big impact uh financially for you because it's cheaper um it'll the environment will be better for it your body and mind will be better for it and you know that can hopefully make changes for the um food industry which is pretty disgusting and then also let's say if so a lot of people's argument for not buying from a butcher like a local butcher that from a, that sources from a local farm where the animals are raised and killed humanely as humanely as possible obviously um, to get clean meat is that it's too expensive okay so if you're cutting down on the amount of meat you eat if you're having one meat one meal with meat a day you know at the most or maybe you know three or four times a week then that's going to make up the difference of cost anyway so where you if you were having meat for every single meal you're having chicken or beef or pork or turkey every meal it's not great for you but also it's really taxing on the environment it's taxing on your uh, wallet so if you cut down to one meat meal a day excuse me excuse me or um couple times a week a few times a week that'll make up the difference in cost so then at that point you could start buying from a local butcher who sources from local humane farms um so again a very simple change can have a really dramatic and profound effect so it's something to think about um you know i don't know where i was going with this whatever do whatever the fuck you want the sun's gonna explode one day and the world's gonna die so who cares i mean that is gonna happen but i'm just kidding make good choices be well do good follow me on uh or uh, rate and review and subscribe on itunes um like comment subscribe on youtube uh check the links below for stuff too um I'm at Graham Baker on Twitter, at Instagram Baker on Instagram, also at Greyhouse Music for the record coming soon. And that's it. All right. You want to say bye, Olympia? Come here. Yep, yep. Okay. All right. That's it. Peace.